There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Jen, you didn't even try. That's a lie. Again, it sounded perfect in my head. That's a point. Okay. Me and Jen sounded perfect and you sounded quite off. <laughs> oh, uh, really? Sophie uh, and I were totally in sync and Jen was 10 seconds later. <laughs> Jen Jen's still, still clapping. <laughs> Jinx. I love it. How was uh, well, me and Sophie did a mother pod yesterday, Cass. And how was it? It was great. It this was is a great. perfect segue to promo our new platform at Tall Tales, broadcast <laughs> by Tall Tales as a new exclusive hub for your favorite premium podcasts. You can go and get Mother of Pod now for, for money. money. It's, it's our so new platform where we exchange. It's, it's no currency. free, but it is money. Do you know what's <laughs> sad about it? There's no poorer people than people with children, but. There's also no people more desperate. So True. we're kind of exploiting people's desperation. Desperation. Well, that's yeah, us. Sure. I guess they know we what are. we're like. Sorry, I'm actually just busy. I'm um, putting together <laughs> I'm my. Just so busy. I'm just, I'm just putting. I got this little recipe. Sorry to interrupt, Kaz. This recipe card, I actually, I feel for the moms, I do, but I have this uh, diffuser now and I got a little recipe card. So I'm going to energize and uplift my room with six drops of geranium, two of peppermint and two of rosemary. Um, you, oh, so you're kind of mixing. I can't believe she talked over our our pod plug. Our plug. Wait, this is your network, Cassie. This is yeah, in it is. your Come interest. to broadcast.talltales.ie and get all six episodes of Mother of Pod over the course of the lockdown between now and Christmas. We exchange content and goods and services for cash. Cold, okay. hard cash. <laughs> Charming. Right. Uh, listener Neve 
Um, last pits, name that's right. Um, not the pits, just Neve Pitts. Love you, Neve. Um, has just pointed out something very important about Jen's Halloween costume from the Halloween Zoom last week. That it week. looks like a clitoris. No, hang on. Just trying to get, you know, the way the phone interacting with the oh, this, fucking. So I there's Jen. Like I'm performing a lick out on somebody. Is that what As filmed said? from inside somebody's body. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what she's saying, but that is exactly what you <laughs> look like. Exactly oh my God, how bad am I at getting the phone into the screen? Your phone is refusing to cooperate. Anyway, hang on. If I turn down this light, maybe. So that's Jen. Oh. <laughs> There's Jen in her costume, looking gorge. She dressed, she came dressed as a llama giving birth to anyone who doesn't join us on the Zooms. Obscure. Why the hell not? And then Neve There were loads of new people last week, actually. So if people think that like too much time has passed and they can't jump into them because it's some exclusive club, then they'd be wrong. No, I love it. I love every week there's somebody in the chat who's like, here, it's my first time and it's everything I thought it was going to be and more. (laughs) Um, So anyway, Neve pointed out um, that this Jen's Halloween costume, identical to our Twitter banner picture, which I selected mm. many months ago. Society. Features a man's face emerging from another man's arse. That's no accident, um, Sophie. From, from creepy film society. No accident. So was, were you basing this? Is Cassie, Cassie is not refusing to look at it. I am looking at it. I know what you're talking about. And that's because there was a lot of shoulder in Jen's clit <laughs> costume. It's identical to that, but yes. Thank you she for that. She can't help herself. She loves a shoulder pad. It yeah. is, that's true if, too. Jen, oh, completely nude, except for a bra, would still have a shoulder pad. You can get Just those lovely for flesh that ones. definition. That's flesh colored under ones. the strap of the bra. I mean, you're fooling no one. This <laughs> smells glorious in here. Okay, come on. What's the mix, Cass? So it's, I read it out. Give us the six, recipe. Six drops of geranium, two of peppermint and two of rosemary. And it's for energizing and uplifting your room. It smells like it's I'm getting eau de lesbian. Is that Whatever. how you describe it? <laughs> That's it. Now, yes, crochet actually, away there. It's man repellent. <laughs> Ideal. Yeah. It just Everyone needs that. It walks that. out through the Straight vents. Straight and gaze. All the lesbians just show up with their crocheting <laughs> and their crafts. It's and so freshly <laughs> baked <laughs> bread. <laughs> Oh, Anybody for a lick out? Um, this is all great. I had to remind me, I was bet into a brilliant documentary there just before we came on. I'm going to try and recall some of it for the creep today. But my God, do we have a creep of the week? Ooh, who are you going with? So your story, Sophie. And I think this is the worst thing. One of the worst things I've ever seen. And it just classic Daily Mail just started showing it to me and um do you know when, you're just when you say by? <laughs> yeah yeah and it like accosts you it's yeah. like a bad smell Horrendous. it just envelops you until suddenly you're actually you've been hours there and you're reading the entire sidebar and if you're me enjoying the subheading well, wait when you say it's your story do you mean a like story my flavor you, you remember oh. this guy Anatoly Moskvin, yes, fifty-three, a grave robber of young uh, oh, and the papier mache dolls, 
Oh, and yeah. Yes, didn't. Yes. So back in the news, guys. Why? What has uh, he done? That's worse. Well, he How is, has he managed to do it from prison? Appealing to be released from... He's in a psychiatric hospital and he wants to go Sorry, and live yeah. with his girlfriend. Um, Did he meet her before or after prison? After. Did he again, find her in a graveyard? really hope. There's re- it, it bog- the mind boggles, as they say. Like, so how he's in would Russia. anyone be single? Just quick reminder. Do we need to set up some kind of like empowering women forum where we're like, you guys can do, do better. better. Get a you diffuser. Really <laughs> Get a diffuser. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, right. He's 53. He's the, probably the world's most horrifying creature currently alive on the planet i would say one of them we he, should use this to plug our patron because this was a patron oh, this episode. was a page that was brilliant that's where the real darkness lies. this was a patron episode but it was a re- zoom recording and you profit oh yeah so i made everyone to look at pictures i forgot which and whatever way you told it it just came as a big shock to see the the photographs i think you you started us off kind of friendly and then you sort of splur- you came all over the place with the photograph and everyone was shocked. But I know. Um, and then I had a flesh colored shoulder pad. You did. And that was the end of it. So many th- people left. He's in Russia. He's in a psychiatric hospital. Here's just a quick recap of what he did. So he dug up 29 female children and young, young girls, mostly children. Uh, who were in various states of decay. He created, I'm just can't, I need to get to the text, but I keep seeing the images. So he dressed them in clothes. He paper mashed their faces and he drew on a face, right? Crucially, lived with his parents. I was just going to say, he lived in a flat. Oh, fuck. It's recording. We're each recording separately, no? I forgot that, yeah. Oh, yeah, but I thought someone was going to record the Zoom for safety. Okay. So... You're dead right, Sophie. Lived in the flat in the Russian city, very small flat with these 29 life-sized doll children uh, with his elderly mother. And she didn't suspect a thing. So the reason he's in the news now is because he's appealing to get out and he's been asked to apologize to the families of the children, the, you know, the dead children that he brought desecrated their graves yes and he said uh he said he would not apologize and um, because there were no parents in his view he said i don't know any of them besides they buried their daughters and this is where i believe their rights over them finished uh so no i will right. not apologize and he said this sorry the worst photograph ever i'm just scrolling by fuck me people are going to be disturbed all over the shop by this so a judge last week renewed his detention in a psychiatric hospital for another six months and um he so he's back in there but obviously they've interviewed here now uh the mother of a victim age 10 and uh she's obviously just like i would like for him to rot in jail forever please Please. Um, so it's really yeah. a simple ask from Horrendous. a woman whose child was made into an art attack. Oh, there was a great, a total, horrendously bad. But there is also that he had, he wanted to come as part of a kind of like bid to be released. 
He said that he had great plans to open an English-speaking school for children. And this, you see, what he's done wrong there is he's continued down the child path. If mm. he had said, I'm interested in becoming a helicopter pilot, and yes. this will be now be my future. Distance himself. From the mm. child interest. Perhaps yes. he might have a chance, but no, no, he couldn't resist. He's straight back in. Anyway, he's back in the hospital. We should be all grand for another six months at least. He's, he was basically like, I want to be among the children. <laughs> Again. To teach them English. Yes. Quick ad. <laughs> so um, that's my creep wow. of the week. Wow. Oh my God, of course. Very obvious creep of the week. I That bypassed me completely. Didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Anatoly. My old buddy, my old pal, um, Daily Mail. Guys. I You're have out. a, um, I don't know, like three creeps of the week. Did you guys mm. read about the three lads um, who got stuck in the tumble dryer? Yes. Yeah. What the fuck happened there? What happened? <laughs> Big tumble dryer. It was an industrial sized tumble dryer. Mm. Two of them got in, no probs. Third guy encountered difficulties after his ankles became trapped in the door when he tried to crawl in. Like, were, I can't picture it. Were they just like, having a laugh? Like, is it that the, the door swung closed on your ankles and therefore push the door open again and then bring your ankles in? It just sounds like it was the stupidest thing ever. I don't know. Anyway, great that they wasted some um, fireman's time with that. And what gave country? us all a little chuckle, Essex. Essex. Essex, yeah, they were. It was um, it, it was like a derelict site of an old laundrette, I think. Ah. And it was like half six in the evening. I sure look. It's a pandemic. What else would you be doing? <laughs> Do you it's know very I'm hard. stuck? You, I can't, it's actually hard to even imagine being that stuck. Do you know what? It, when you're so I know stuck, you're, you're, you're literally like, are we doing? Oh no. This? We're, we're in trouble. doing this. We have to do this. And do you yeah. know what happened? It's just Two like of them were man in there. With the, um, and the third plug, the guy plugging them in, I'd say they were fucking raging at him. Like he's stuck to both of their faces. They're just like, Stephen, Stephen, move your fucking ankle a different direction. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Pivot. <laughs> oh, completely. And like, and then the whole conversation inside the tumble dryer. Like, I want somebody, I want Danny Boyle to just make a film of the three of them inside the tumble dryer. Absolutely. <laughs> like, like it'd be like the 127 hours. Meets room. Bit more comedy, hopefully, than room. And yeah, and it finishes with them sawing him off at the ankles to avoid the embarrassment of falling in the fire brigade. Oh, God. That's my vote. My guess is an item of clothing is what did them in. That's what I can vision. Some gene got snagged on something and they couldn't like, identify the point of stuckness. They were just stuck. You know that, that feeling? <gasps> Maybe they had, do you remember this accessory from the late 90s? The long chain leading to Wallet. Wallet. Now that, that would fuck you now, right up in a tumble dryer. I'd say there's people who've garroted themselves on their own long chain attached to wallets. That's not even a fucking joke, Sus. It's, it's definitely happened. Do you remember there was a plague of children being garroted by toggles on hoods? Do you remember that? There was a ban when we were children <laughs> because some poor fucker got their toggles caught in the bus door and didn't they get dragged under the bus? Oh, God. Do you ever get your shoelaces stuck in an elevator? 
or an escalator? <gasps> no, I have a, like, no. a mortal fear of the escalator issue. The At other least day, three times it's I was... happened to me. <laughs> At least three. Like three That's times that a... I can vividly recall. That is such a you affliction. Yeah, <laughs> like you cannot you come that. within five feet of an escalator. Still to this day, scared, scared of going on an escalator. The other day I was in Aldi and I was on my own, no child near me. And I obviously got so, I was so relaxed by the action of doing the big shop with no child near me that I left, came out of the store and went to go down the wrong escalator. Oh, Do you know, no. like I just walked straight onto it and um, it spat me back out straight well, away. I was say, it was, you never get very far. It was like old school very gladiators where they had to run up the escalator. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> oh, Do you know, I was talking oh, to Seven about this today. Was that fucking show. Do you remember? Finally, it was giant like, cotton buds. The giant cotton buds, the huge. Oh, what about the bicycle overhead across oh, the yeah. roof of the studio? <laughs> was was it intense. Was there one, and it was hand to hand combat, but each all holding those gymnastic rings. So they're sort of kicking each other off. The whole thing was mental. Do you remember <laughs> Do you Night remember? Shade and Wolf and Wolf and Shadow? The fuck? And Shadow. The black, the huge, big black guy was Shadow. And I remember thinking, that even that then, is I was like, so bad. That's problematic. <laughs> I feel like he might have had something to, you know, some, he probably judged himself, did he, whatever. Did he have Just signed his it? contract. Yeah. Shadow. Um, the, do you remember that it was like a double bill on a Saturday evening? Gladiators followed by Blind sure. Date. Blind Date. It was just yeah. the classic Awful. Saturday evening. I oh. always vividly remember watching Gladiators as my parents were like getting ready to go out. Yeah, exactly. And right. being like, this is I'm going to get pizza. And I'm get what pizza else is going? and they're gone. And what about the generation I'm going to smoke out the back garden. Um, the generation yeah. game, an absolute fucking classic. Do you remember that? The generation Actually, no. game, no. <laughs> oh, but it, like, the name is ringing a she bell. She is older than us, Cass. She's older. She's, now, she is 45. It was probably stopped. <laughs> It was your man, your man, the big tall guy with the enormous nose and a, a kind of tanned skin and did, went on to do the Strictly Come Dancing. Huge Aristotle. Hands. No, dead now. And uh, what he did was present a brilliant show. And what the contestants had to do was memorize this moving plat- platter of random objects. And if they memorized all of the objects, they would win them. So oh like yeah, was that, not, would go was that not the end of Bruce's um, Price Bruce is Right? Foresight. That wasn't called, that was Price, the that Price was, is Right. No, no, this is pre-Price is Right. This is the generation game. And it was just a thing of beauty. There was some great, great TV back then. I remember what? Supermarket Sweep. Oh man. Oh yeah. Guys, Amazing. Noel's house party. Mr. Blobby. App. Hysterical was, laughter. Oh no, Noel was fine. Didn't he have a bit of like a a, a a spiritual awakening and now he lives in New Zealand? We've talked about this before. We have. We have. Do you know who did a thing about him? Um, John Ronson, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that? Oh no. Yeah. Was it in his podcast or was it in a book? It was It was in Lost at Sea, that book. That's, that's it. like a collection. Yeah. Well, and it was that yeah. Noel got a crisis of... He was like, oh. I'm doing the wrong thing here. Because he was doing deal or no deal. 
Yeah. That's right. And that's what the article was. It was John Ronson going behind the scenes at Deal or No Deal. It's a brilliant read. If you can yeah. find it on the internet or get uh, Lost at Sea by John Ronson. Yeah, the audio book is amazing as well, should you wish to partake. And then do you remember like, uh, what's his name again? No. No, Noel Edmonds. No. Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds, yeah. Do you remember he found love then? And then it turned out it wasn't love and that he she actually sold his story with yeah. very embarrassing details to the paper. Oh, no. Speaking of embarrassing details, boys and girls, Johnny Depp <gasps> lost oh, his libel goodness. case against... Yeah, he did, but he's going to appeal it. I know, and the Daily... i sorry, I did a bit of Daily Mail today. Daily Mail <laughs> had photographs on the sh- of the shit on the bed and everything. They did. <laughs> and the pint glass of whiskey. The and whole the thing. Finger. Chaotic. And the finger. Absolute oh God, chaos. I need to see the shit on the and bed. The pictures I don't from know this, why, but I am compelled. This like these it's drug-fueled a, love messages on a, win, on a mirror written in blood and <laughs> yeah. mascara by the looks of it. Like absolutely um, madness. Passion cast. That's okay. the kind of love we're missing. <laughs> I'm okay That's with why that. why. If someone wants to put shit in the bed. Did you just Google it? I just, shit in a bed. I just Googled shit on the bed thinking that Google was listening to this conversation and probably knew what I meant. One thing I, might I add, will Johnny absolutely Jeff. like really commend the Daily Mail on is their use of defagate as the hashtag for the shitting on the bed incident. Oh, defagate. That's clever. Oh, very That's good. good. That is good. Very good. Oh my God. These pictures of shit on the bed are a little bit disappointing, guys. I'll be honest. So it's, no, it's got nothing on the no, original like, Google she search said it was I did. a small dog who's been suffering since the dog <laughs> ate some of Johnny's marijuana as a puppy, hasn't been able to control their bowel movement since, which I would, I would hazard is completely and utterly true. It's <laughs> fucking gas. Madness, isn't it? The oh. lives of the rich and famous. Do you know who I'd say is laughing at the other side of her face? His first wife, or maybe one of the wives, um, the French girl. Vanessa, Vanessa. Hardy. Yeah. Oh, she's just having the best laugh ever. Just I'd say like, Tim Burton's just there taking moron. notes in the corner for his next Johnny Depp. But you know, he was booted off the Pirates of the Caribbean. And um, oh, here's the other thing. Do you remember the day on the Zoom that I told you about the dick of the drunken Irish Pogue man? Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Are you I about to tell following... us you got a letter? No. Okay, good. No, but I've been following his, I think, yeah, they're married, his wife, this English lady, mad for angels. And I think I was talking about her to you back then. So anyway, she... What's his name again? Pogman? Shane McGowan. Well, we'll, be careful now. We're on the main episode here. It's fine. So Shane McGowan is very good friends with Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they seem to be really good friends. And so your one, uh, Shane's wife makes these angel paintings and has moved into silk scarf printing. And every day, uh, Johnny Depp's wearing her scarves. She's even, he's even made his, her scarves into a, so they have their, you know, I don't know, six degrees of separation. With Would you say Depp. that's a good advertisement for your silk scarves or no? I was thinking that myself and I don't know because I don't know that there's a lot of men modelling themselves actually on the vibes of Johnny Depp. Do you know what I, do you think? I don't, I don't, I would hope there wasn't. Anyway, we get into... Too, sorry, we will. 
I've got a great tale for you. Ooh, delicious. Buzzfeed. Um, oh, actually, by popular request, um, we are changing the Buzzfeed headlines to the chat magazine headlines. Very, <laughs> I do very not consent. <laughs> so my chat magazine clickbait headline is one wife, one heart, two dead husbands. Uh, one wife. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So is it a medical mystery? Oh, it's a medical a mystery. mystery. It's a betrayed by best friend. It's a it's a everything. Mind a it's medical mystery. Selfs? I've got um yeah, medical medical mysteries, Get the I suppose. Oh house. <laughs> well a team emerges. Mine's stre- stretch, stretch. Mine's death, death fakers. Death fakers. Ah, mm. yes. I do love my, a death my top faker. Three. Who wants to go it's first? It's kind of a shout back to the OGs. That's it. I was like, I need to get back to my roots. Yeah. You know, I need to remember who I really am. I need to get back to a couple of blue ball and stories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on then. Let's do it, Kath. Okay, okay. So this is a story about love, about medicine, about the modern age. And it occurs, well, it occurs back in, all kicks off in 1988 with a man called Terry Cottle. And Terry was living with his wife and their two young daughters in a subsidized apartment in Jasper County, South Carolina. So his wife, Terry, and his wife managed this block of apartment buildings and all was going well until Terry met his boss's daughter. So his boss's daughter was a woman Mm. called Cheryl Sweat. And she was... I'm going to stop you there. (laughs) Cheryl. Cheryl Sweat. Sweat. So Cheryl was a petite woman with auburn hair and hazel eyes. And Terry, from the moment he saw her, was smitten. Coincidentally... Terry, you rat. Cheryl also had two children, but was having marital problems because it turned out her husband had actually been previously married and was still married. So hate in that. hate that. Yeah. In 1988, she filed for an annulment of her marriage on the basis that he was already married. Very fair. And then Cheryl settled into a sordid affair with Terry. So Cheryl's <laughs> then ex-husband Obviously, nose was knocked out of joint and he got on. He rang Terry's wife and was like, FYI, your husband is seeing my wife. So where what country are we in again? We're in South Carolina. Okay, I was doing Essex in my head. Okay, totally applicable. Relocate. Relocate. So um, Terry's wife filed for a divorce then and it came through in May 1989 and nine days later Terry and Cheryl got married so at first things were great for Terry and Cheryl Terry adopted Cheryl's two sons Christopher and Timmy and they had a daughter together called Jessica and Terry worked while his new wife studied for nursing Terry had previously dropped out of high school but had earned a diploma and he worked as a um, a certified emergency medical technician and also had a real estate license. So for a few years, like everything seemed Does everybody okay. in America have a real estate license? <laughs> I think they just dish them out like. Um, so a few for a few years, everything was grand. 
Uh, but then in 1994, Terry and Cheryl moved from their single wide trailer into a new double wide trailer in Monk's Corner, which is also in South Carolina. And around Christmas of 1994, Cheryl's widowed mother moved in with them. And oh, as you can God. imagine what it would be like, things got a little fraught in the trade. What is? So by January 1990, Terry was like, fuck this and moved out of the trailer and in with his sister, Tammy Erickson. But Cheryl and Terry started to kind of make up. Cheryl started coming around to Tammy's house, cooking dinner for the family and spending the night in Terry's room. And at the time, Tammy Erickson, Terry's sister, was pregnant and wanted the room that he was staying in back for a nursery. So she told Terry to like, book up, get over it. If you want to make it work, go home and be with her. So he moved back in. But within three weeks in March, uh, in March, they were biting again. So this would have been March of 1995. Um, so they were getting in massive arguments, fighting all over the place. And Cheryl told Terry that she basically couldn't be married to a man who made less money than she did. Fair. And at some point, according to her, <laughs> according to her son or, you know, her son, Timmy. It seems who, like the double wide trailer has gone to her head. Yeah, I mean, this uh, through all what, of this, Cass, apparently what is it's a clear double, it's Cheryl, double wide trailer. Wide trailer. Is I it think it's just a really big, like, It's like it's one of those wide. mobile homes down in Britis. Um, they're probably going for like a million quid now. But... Uh, at some point, Cheryl took off her wedding ring and threw it at him. So, like, she was really pissed off. So, in March of 1995, they decided that Terry would leave and should leave for, for good. Um, but as he was packing up to go, he went into the bathroom and there was a gunshot. So, initially, Cheryl told sheriff's investigators that she heard her 10-year-old son, Christopher, shouting that Terry had shot himself. She ran into the bathroom and found him that found him on the floor with a revolver still in his hand. But in the second version, Cheryl said she was eating when one of her sons yelled that he had a gun. And as she ran towards the bathroom, she saw Terry standing up and looking at her with the gun in his hand. And she said that he yelled something like Terry. She yelled Terry wait. And but then he continued and he shot himself and said, baby, help me, please. I'm dying as he died, right? Yikes. But Jesus. Terry was an organ donor. And the story continues because after four days in intensive care at the Medical University of South Carolina, he passed away and they took him off life support and donated his organs. And a man elsewhere in... um. A man, sorry, just let me, a man called uh, Sonny Graham, who was 57. So Terry, uh, Terry and Cheryl are in their mid 30s. But a man called Sonny Graham got the call that he had been waiting for for a really long time. Heart the Terry's heart was oh. as much a perfect match as it could be. So um, Sonny Graham was a uh, a longtime manager of the central plant of Hargay Communications in Hilton's Head. He was a telephone service provider and he was like a really popular guy. Um, 
and he had been really fit until he had fallen ill and basically his heart had been damaged by this virus. So by 1995, he couldn't do any of the stuff that he used to love doing, which include salmon fishing. And, um, you know, he was a strapping woodsman, apparently, uh, and he was struggling to the point where he couldn't even get out of a chair. So um, within six months, so he got the heart um, in March 1990, March 20th, 1995. And within six months of the transplant, he was, Sonny was like absolutely flying for him. He was going on fishing trips to Alaska. Isn't that just as an amazingly thing that can happen? Oh, it's It's incredible. Modern medicine is absolutely incredible, right? But he joked with friends that having the heart of a 33-year-old man had done wonders for his libido. Um, Always bringing it back there. Yeah. And like when you... Sonny, you you, dog. When you get a transplant, you go through a bit of counseling and he showed kind of like, you know, he was a bit like, I'm sorry the other fella died, but like, it's my heart now is a direct quote from him. But his friends started to notice <laughs> real some subtle, yeah, some subtle changes in. So he started loving beer, which he hadn't before and mm. developed a real taste for hot dogs, which was Terry's <laughs> favorite food. Okay. That's and his, yeah, his pastor, John Keller, said that he had this new sense of restlessness as if Sonny were looking for different avenues to travel around. Right. Um, but in November 1996, so That's like the best he, cover for a midlife crisis ever. Absolutely. Like just being like, I can't help it. It's the new heart. Yeah. I have to go. It's around. actually like a modern Fuck day, around and um, eat a hot dog. What's like, the, like a possession, a modern day. So he's sort of possessed now by the spirit of the previous strapping terry yeah um so by like 18 months after he got this new heart he decided that he did actually want to reach out to the fam to terry's family and thank them for the organs so the south carolina organ procurement agency said that they would forward a letter from him onto the family and his children said it was probably a bad idea but he was uh he was determined to go ahead so he had been married to his wife for like 35 years had two kids together um, and always really going great for him especially with the new heart so they exchanged a letter and some photographs the wife was exhausted from the heart yeah and Cheryl Cheryl who was Terry's widowed wife um, called Graham and in January 1997 Sonny his wife and his wife decided to go meet Cheryl at a waterfront restaurant in Charlestown. Cheryl and there is that, that. Go on. Sonny said he fell in love with Cheryl the moment Sick. he saw her. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Uh, but the feeling was not mutual at first. <laughs> so that was in the January 1997. But in April, Cheryl married husband number three. George Watkins. So Sonny and his wife Elaine actually attended the wedding and Cheryl's late Cheryl's father had passed away. So Sonny actually walked, walked her, her down, down the, the aisle and gave her they become they had become really friendly, right? Um and it's just so again, weird. Because it's not your relative. It is just an organ. Yeah. But two years later, Cheryl gave birth to 
uh, her third husband's George's son. But around the same time, it emerged that Sonny and Cheryl had been having an illicit affair. Sweaty gets it oh, again. She, Cheryl specializes in this. I know, right? She's she specializes Sweat in box. making them fall for her in a one single meeting. A very <laughs> quickly getting pregnant. married, all these other, you yeah. know, things, right? Um, and in a po- in a letter to to Elaine, his wife, Graham called himself a son of a bitch and was like, I I know I'm destroying the life that we've built together for over 40 years. Mm. Um, and he's like, I let someone come between you and I and it should have never happened. I look back on everything and I see where I gave back on our love and our companionship. Um, it would be wonderful if I could tar- turn back our lives for the past four years. But So he said he regretted it and wanted to So he kind of, kind like, yeah, kind of, but they still they would still went. But he was also like the heart wants what the heart, heart wants. <laughs> and he's just um, like, I'm at the mercy of the heart. Like, I mean, uh, sorry, Elaine, but and, like, you know, yeah. the heart likes to fuck. And Elaine probably couldn't get over the fact that he was seeing someone like 20 plus years younger than than he was. Um, so both couples ended up separating Um so Sonny's 38 year marriage was over and in October 2001. Imagine all the how did you two meet? Like <laughs> even skip the heart bit. Like don't tell anyone about the heart. I gave her away at her wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Her husband, her former husband shot himself and I got his heart and then I gave her away and then we started an affair. It's all it's like a rom-com meets a a true crime documentary. Maybe that's a niche that needs to be explored. Like rom Again, crime. Rom crime. Yes. Um, mm, like um, Natural Born Killer. Or Dexter Less when vicious. he fucks his sister. Um, but No. What? Dexter what? Dexter. Did Dexter fuck his sister? Dexter and his sister end up together. Now one's adopted. Dexter's I didn't adopted. finish. I didn't. I didn't the finish. Series. Oh my and god! Now it's all. I may go it's back. All making sense. This is your one now. Who's Zoe Deschanel's sister? Get out Her. of here, so the main In, one. No, IRL. no. Deb is not played by Zoe Deschanel's sister. I don't think this is some segue. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. No, Netflix. Jennifer Carpenter plays her. Big square jaw. Yeah, Very strong. <laughs> they got married in real life is what this is what I'm getting here as well. Um, but on. back to Hang this couple now. at hand. People are like, I will not accept that I'm wrong. <laughs> just talk amongst yourselves. OK, Cass- da, 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 da. <gasps> Cassie, why I ha- can't accept oh, no. that I'm wrong. I'm so wrong. You were You're so wrong. wrong. There's Not so many confused you. people who's, uh, who I've spoiled Dexter for and also who are just angry now thinking of Zoe Deschanel's sister being in an Doesn't incestuous relationship with Dexter. Of of thinking of her name as it's never mind. Anyway, <laughs> after both couples separated, Cheryl and Sonny moved into a mobile home on land he'd bought in his hometown whilst they were building a house to her specifications. Okay. Um, good on Love her. So she, Cheryl has bus. these notions of like this, you know, big, dramatic, lavish lifestyle. Uh, unsurprisingly, domestic bliss did not last long. 
and in May 2002, so they hadn't, they were just dating. In May 2002, Cheryl left and Graham sued her, Sonny sued her for accusing her of reneging on loans, refusing to return a diamond ring. And she alleged in a counterclaim that when she told Sonny that the relationship wasn't going to work out, he became really possessive and threatened her. In the midst of the court case, she met another man, husband number four, John B. Johnson, lazy naming, (laughs) I would say. John B. Johnson Jr. No, no, this is husband number four. She didn't marry Sonny. So husband number four, John B. Johnson Jr. uh, He was a corrections officer in Georgia prison where Cheryl had been working as a nurse. But within a year, once again, that marriage began to fall apart. Um, And on Thanksgiving 2003, the sheriffs were called to their house because both husband and wife were accusing each other of domestic abuse. Um, So they broke up and he says, John B. Johnson said, but the, the time that their relationship was coming to an end, she had once again started wearing a ring that Sonny had given her. Mm. Uh, so she ran out of that marriage marriage, and back into Sonny's arms and they oh, married God. on the 8th of December 2004 at the Almost Heaven Resort in Glattenburg, Tennessee. Um, he started a landscaping company where Cheryl's two oldest sons began working for him. And a few days before their second wedding anniversary, they attended an event at the Hilton Head to honor families of organ donors. And a s- local newspaper ran a story under the headline, a love story unlike Annie ever told. And in I... the story, Cheryl said, it's true what it says in the Bible. If you live God's will and give with a happy heart, you will reap the rewards. Oh, and Sonny Christ. said he just put his life in God's hands and Cheryl was the answer to his prayers. So <laughs> they are the opposite. God, way to completely write Terry out of the whole thing. Yes, exactly. Terry was yeah. the answer to your prayer. Yes, exactly. And they compl- they're the worst advert for a donor card holder ever. Like, <laughs> yeah. imagine you died <laughs> yeah. and your heart ended up. Oh, and actually, it's good. You sort of go on to ruin everyone's life that uh, <laughs> whoever owned your, owns your organ next, is life is just ruined, haunted by all of your whims. Yeah, but <laughs> despite the story and the kind of like idea that they were madly in love and it was all in God's hands, Sonny was about the place making wills and like asking his friends to be the executor of his will. One of his friends, actually his nephew, was like, is everything okay? And Sonny was like, yeah, it's all fine, but you never know. Um, Mm. But on March 20th, the anniversary of his transplant, which was 13 years after Terry had died and he'd gotten the heart, Graham left a message on his old pastor's answering machine basically saying, remember where we were this day 13 years ago? And he said that he and his heart were doing really, really well. And then later that week, he went on a fishing trip, trip with an old friend of his. But his friend said, while he wasn't complaining, he just didn't seem like himself. He just said he wasn't the happy-go-lucky guy that he'd known all his life. And a few days later, Graham's loaned heart would stop beating for good. So, on a morning in Southeast Georgia, Sonny got up from bed, drank some coffee and headed out the door to go to his landscaping business 
and he was supposed to take his nine year old stepson to the dentist. But instead, he went into the shed that he had built. A 69 year old picked up a revolver shot and also him. shot himself. Why? Oh, oh, my God. This heart is cursed. Absolutely cursed. Why did Sonny kill heart. himself? Things were going good. Things seem to be going good. But in late April, shortly after his death, Cheryl was visiting a friend and complaining that Sonny had left her nothing in his will, didn't leave him a dime. Um, mm. Sonny had actually blown through his retirement funds and run up large debts, about triple what his assets were worth, trying, as he said to friends before, to keep Cheryl in the style she wants to oh, live. God. Yeah, his affairs were in such disarray that both the men designated as his ex, ex executors of the will um, declined. So his nephew said, mean? as or in they, they didn't take on his his will and executing. Too out messy. His, yeah, that it was just absolutely there was nothing there. Um, oh, and they said that it was a shock that he had let himself run into into this kind of messy financial situation. So Cheryl repeatedly refuses to speak to media about um, these. But people who know her say that she did not act like a grieving widow. On her MySpace account at the time, she um, changed her name from Cheryl to Pretty Lady and then a beautiful mess. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, and a few months after Sonny's death, she posted a photo with a man identifying him as her new boyfriend. He wasn't the um, uh, recipient of Sonny's heart or anything, was he? No, but <laughs> a flirtatious message on the man's MySpace page was dated on March 26, six days before Sonny's death. Oh, really? Cheryl. Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl. Yeah. Not great. Yeah. But he, uh, in, in one of the stories, the journalist tried to reach out to him and he said that they, they broke up shortly afterwards and that um, she didn't say. But there was great quotes as well from John Johnson Jr. Um, he said that the pre-Sunny boyfriend or the interim Sunny boyfriend. The interim kind of, um, the interim husband. Husband guy. Basically, oh, married. That's right. I can't find the actual quote now, but um, he basically said that she was an absolute fucking melt, and that he was <laughs> lucky that he was still alive. <laughs> oh my god! Fucking hell! <sighs> so there you have it. A medical Not that mystery. he would wouldn't have an axe to grind, though. In fairness, no. like you know, she 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 totally fucked him over. You know? Oh, absolutely. Cheryl. Absolutely. But at least he got out of it alive. He right. did. That's, That's some so big Cheryl energy, isn't it? It mm. really is. I feel like she just was like really go. She was doing a supermarket sweep of husbands. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, it's all fucking in very a. quick su succession as well. But she was a, a petite. And she still got her nurse's qualification. That's very good. That's very good. That is good, considering all the things that were happening. Considering chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, chaos. Right. Total chaos. And having babies and jeez. I know. Do you, you do you, Cheryl. I love you it. The, ju the juggle is real. That was a as, meaty as tale. Say. 
Thank you, Cass. It's a good one. Thank you, Cass. That was mad, yeah. Thank you That's to cool. my housemate, Alexandra, who sends me texts during the day saying things <laughs> like, a good story for creep on diving. Selves, hit us, take us away. You, you, you go. You want to go? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm actually, I prefer a bit more time for mine. Okay. Perfect. Now, let me see. Where are we? Okay. I, yeah, got back to my roots. It was just like, I actually got back to that um, book I was reading uh, uh, right at the beginning of the creep drive about faking dead. You oh, know? yes. Playing dead. It's such a good book. But anyway, so I decided to like do my top three death fakers because Beautiful. maybe like none of them are kind of, they're, none of them really have the, mm, yeah, you know, umami but of um, have a, we done uh, any of them? Of a these- canoe man but no we haven't done any of these so okay first up we have timothy dexter and he was born in like 1747 so he's like old school uh and he is widely regarded as one one of the first famous eccentrics in america and that that's Very. a really interesting uh, history of the eccentrics through time. You get some extremely good fun weirdos out of that. I know. And like to kind of hit the peak <laughs> of the eccentric seems so cool and exciting. You know, uh, worth a Google image. Should you be able to do that while you're listening? <laughs> Timothy Dexter. Or he, he fits the bill. Of he the totally fits the bill. Yes. Foremost eccentric. Um, he was cruelly described as a poor leather craftsman um, <laughs> who dropped out of school at the age of eight, which in fairness is way more common back then. Um, but he actually made a fortune um, investing in the continental dollar, which was one of the very early uh, American Bitcoins. <laughs> yeah. Bitcoin. Early, early Bitcoin. And um, he basically overnight became like went from a poor leather craftsman to the richest man in Boston. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah, just like blinked and he was the richest guy in town. He, oh my god. Um, the dream, no? The dream. He married money, his wife, Elizabeth Frothingham. <laughs> Frothingham. What, Frothingham Lovely. was independently wealthy. And um they despite their marriage, they seem to have not actually gotten on very well. Um, she did not care for his lavish tastes. He enjoyed a stable, a lavish stable and a, go- a gaudy statue. Um, apparently their property was littered with them, um, including a statue of Dexter himself. Um, he also bestowed upon himself the title of Lord, oh, uh, demanding <laughs> servants to address him as such. Um, <laughs> Which I presume seems even more pretentious in America when they don't yes. have anything like that. Good point. <laughs> yes, Lord and Lady Frothingham Dexter into the room. <laughs> like you're from down the road. Yeah, this is good. Fetch me my gaudy stable. Um, so then when so he the society in Boston never accepted Dexter and he was furious about it. He fucking hated it. That they wouldn't let him in because he was basically money. new money, guys. Mm. We know ourselves. 
from Titanic. Who <laughs> <laughs> was it in the Titanic? Who's like new money? Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, um, yeah, so then right, I don't know whether this is like okay, yeah, it was really attention seeking. But Dexter decided to fake his own death. <laughs> <laughs> This is just like every narcissist's absolute now, fantasy. Can I just it was so like, that he, remind yeah. you of how fucking yeah. boring it was to live during that time? <laughs> we must all consider the situation. We must at remember, hand. they didn't have any outlets. Nothing. For entertainment. Remember, like, walk it, watching a man walk. It's <laughs> literally, that's a literal thing. Yeah, they were just up to the weirdest thing. They just, just fill needed time. to fill the hours. Yep. So Dexter wanted to fake his own death so that he could pass the time and also ascertain how people really felt about him. Like, what do you oh, really think of Dexter? Ultimate. Oh, wow. Like, wow. the ultimate three-way call. I was about to say, if Dexter lived now, we could have satisfied this, or not now, but in the 90s, with your classic three-way call, third party, stay silent, <laughs> trick, <laughs> trick the other person into admitting what they really think about Dexter. Boo, you whore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he entrusted a few men to organize a very grand funeral. How did he die or fake he, the death? He didn't even bother at all faking the death. He actually told his family that what he, he was died. up to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a died. <laughs> You'll notice that I am still here, but I am actually dead. <laughs> no, he was like, I'm doing this whole thing where I want to know what people really think of me. So basically, can you guys just uh, like row in on the day and just, Grant. you know, do the bit? It's a party. And so let's do the it. Children, the children got His on board. Children. They put on an appropriate display of grief. Huh. Um. <laughs> Dexter watched from a lavish tomb that had been built in the basement of his house for this occasion as they visited his tomb downstairs. And what did he have? Like two people staring back out? What did it look like? And what's like, or did he have did he have like a little periscope? Grief. It would be fascinating, wouldn't it? Like he's watching his own funeral. It's actually the fucking dream. I would like like to watch my own funeral. People are so nice about you at your funeral. They wouldn't be. You've ruined it afterwards. We're supposed to get one good party out of it. I would like to watch my own funeral because I have specified in my non-existent will that I keep talking about writing that I want to be cremated, packed into a firework and exploded to Katy Perry's firework and then Ashley Simpson pieces of me as I fall to the ground. And I don't know if I have anybody in my life that I trust to enact that. Me so I I'd say there'll be a few stone. volunteers now from the creeps after you've said that. <laughs> Prep your DMs for some slides. I'll cremate you, Cassie. I'll look after you, Cassie. <laughs> As long as I remains, we'll go to the highest Patreon bidder. (laughs) You know, they call them cremains. Oh, do they? Yeah. Cremains. Just Just as a kind of instead of remains. It's like, you know, the way you like cremains. It's like like Brangelina. They were like, let's call them cremains. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Dexter was watching his own funeral and got extremely irate. When he decided that his wife was smiling too much and not crying properly. 
Oh God, sorry, just to pause there for a second. I've just had an idea that I'm enforcing in my will. Also, I want to remix to Maniac 2000 called Maniac 2000. If you could also... Also arrange that for me. That can be the thing the two of you do. She's a cremaniac, cremaniac on the floor. Oh, that is too good. And she's wafting like she's never wafted before. But also Very tears, good. lots of tears. Naturally. Lots of tears. And obviously yeah. the appropriate gravitas. <laughs> At the moment required. Like a sad Cremaniac 2000. <laughs> just one man on a guitar. Or a brass band just playing in a minor key. <laughs> oh my God. I can, I'll never stop thinking about Cremaniac. It'd be really sad if I died very young now. No, it would be way more fitting and appropriate. It's going to be way harder when you're like 80 odd and me and Jen are like, you know, or oh, Jen will be two hundred, <laughs> and we're like, she wanted Chromaniac, and everyone will be like, no, gals, and we don't like, get the joke. They'll like roll their eyes behind our backs because we're so irrelevant. Oh, and then we'll be put back in the care. At least home. we'll have this podcast for them to listen to. That's we'll be like, true. remember when? <laughs> but it'll be like CDs. Nobody will have one anything yeah. to play a podcast on. Just this ghost oh, internet God. that no one can access. I know. Like, has anyone tried to give you a DVD lately? Like, yes. there's nothing to be done. Oh with yeah, you like, fucking you could those. you could literally just frisbee them, frisbee them somewhere. That's all you can do with them. Well, changing rooms is coming back. They'll probably have some sort of like art installation wall hanging thing we can use our DVDs for. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, do you remember those? Oh anyway, those what did he do? Shiny side wife? out. Oh yeah, sorry, we're at a funeral. We're in the middle of a funeral, lads. Okay. Rude. So he was very annoyed because she was not frying properly. And he so he quickly burst out of the lavish tomb and marched across the kitchen Rage to, ber- to berate her and then cane her and then oh and then proceeded to mingle amongst the mourners. As if nothing odd was happening at Here's all. Here's what I think. They all knew. Like Dexter was just a fucking madman who always had these ideas. They were mad for a party. They were like, Grand Dex, whatever. Sounds good. Let's do it. Sure. I'd say she just Dex. smelt him downstairs. Like you could just get the sense that someone was in the room. Like, or he's probably there giggling away behind his glory <laughs> hole. <laughs> <laughs> glory hole. So like what, like when he dead then did die, six years later, six. You see, he only lived till you were in your thirties at that. Yeah, age. I know, and not a lot of fanfare when he did die for reals. Oh, he, 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 he you can kind of use up. Well, I think you can use up people's kind of will to care. You can. They'd, they'd already they'd We'd done seen it. this. Imagine seen like this, yes, like funerals can be a bit like. Oh, like they can kind of really take it out of you. Drain. So if somebody made me attend their t- funeral twice, no dice on that. Absolutely. Though, I yeah, just you're like totally right. Phoning this in. Absolutely. <laughs> You've exhausted me now. It's that's it. Um, okay, so that was Dexter. Nice. Um, do you want to hear about Michael Kellaway? Absolutely. Who this is now like so I don't know how on earth, but Michael Kellaway basically 
saw what happened with John Darwin, who was one of our OG creeps. I think two years the ago. OG creep. Literally a hundred episodes ago, guys. The hundred <gasps> episodes, isn't it? Oh no, um, is it a hundred? I think this Are is ninety-nine. Yeah. Oh, apologies. Um, and ninety-nine million downloads. Cat, <laughs> as Cassie ingeniously called the episode, episode "Canoe Believe It." Yeah. If anyone hasn't listened to it, go back and listen. Basically, John Darwin like completely botched a, a death faking on a very spectacular level. Like Steady. it did not go well. But Michael Kellaway saw this in 20, 2008 and was like, I'm inspired. Recreated this. So he didn't like, he didn't literally like pretend to die in a <laughs> canoeing accident. <laughs> I'm still like, it's the most sedate thing. Canoeing. Paddle buildings more, more. <laughs> anyway, he didn't like fake his death in a canoeing accident. He didn't like flee to Panama and then get bored in Panama and come back to England like a fucking tool, John Darwin. <laughs> but anyway, he did, what he did was, so, um, this guy, Michael Calloway, was, it didn't seem on the surface of it like he would need to be um, faking his death uh, or, or anything like that. Um, he's quite kind of well-to-do, sort of, um, I think, fairly kind of middle class. He had kind of a, I think he was a psychologist counsellor. And at one point in his career, he was earning like six figures in his serv- his counselling service. And him and his wife, Nellie, owned five houses Whoa. in London. Wow. Yes. And made huge money From in rent. rent. And also flipping them because of the rising house prices and things like that. And they were also fraudulently claiming housing benefit (laughs) on all their houses. Fucking hell. It's amazing. But like it was to help paying. So like it seemed it did seem like to be a bit of like a snake eating itself in that like Mm. they had multiple mortgages. They were trying to pay the school fees. So they were claiming house benefit on all their houses that they were trying to pay the multiple mortgages for. So it is a bit like, oh, exhausting. No wonder he was like, let's just die. (laughs) So basically what happened was they went back. So his wife was from Russia originally. So him and um, uh, Nellie went back to Russia for a holiday. And that's when um, they also shelled out for Nellie to have um, a tit job. Oh, um, <laughs> as you do with all their lovely benefits fraud money they were like new boobs. I can't wait to see all the COVID payment to chops <laughs> <laughs> all oh, the COVID payment good. Botox at Christmas all the COVID awesome. teeth they're going to be amazing <laughs> we rolled um, off to Turkey so she when she came back to, from uh, from Russia she was she had an urn uh, which she claimed contained Kellaway's cremains and she also had his three life insurance policies <laughs> um, all ready so, to go yes just all the boxes ticked ready to go with the proof of death in her hands everything ready to go Suspicious. and that's like a real uh, red like flag big, that's a real big thing in the old death faking suicide as it's called world is that like you go to a, like a foreign country that's kind of a bit off bit off piste like that you could kind of like you know throw a few hundies to you know somebody kind of not quite legit 
in a department and they'll G you up a death cert and stuff like that. So not saying Russia is not legit, but that's I'm sure you could get a here. death cert if you wanted. One. That's what they did here in this case. And um, so then, right, what he had done was he used this is random. The birth cert of a poor dead child from Ireland um, oh, to get wow. an Irish passport. Yeah, and then he returned to the UK under his new identity. Um, as like, I, I mean, Seamus O'Malley, or I don't know, like, you know, a uh, new name. Being an I Irish don't know, person. Was anyone, looking, was anyone looking too closely at that ID that said he was seven years old? I don't know. Oh, anyway, gosh. he was spotted numerous times. Very John Darwin. <laughs> like, he was off visiting his parents down in Brighton. Then popping off to Sri Lanka. Then he headed off to Thailand. With um, his wife. No, she was like in the UK. And he was like flawling around the place. Getting, um, living on the rental income that he was still getting from all the gaffes in the UK. I mean, the actual fucking admin. Like, I've just done my tax. And like, I literally need to like, you know, have a, like a four month lie down after mm. just doing that. We can't even imagine what it's like. Just spinning these plates. Too much. Anyway, not worth it in my opinion, especially because he ended up living rough at the airport in Bangkok um, and begging Ooh, for food. Wow. Yes. So he, she basically was ruffled first in, ruffled, rumbled first in, um, <laughs> ruffled. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know why I just pictured her in a very roughly top with those big insurance <laughs> benefit fraud tits you know <laughs> but anyway she was rumbled first and like she kind of eventually broke down and kind of um, caved on him to escape uh, you know also being incarcerated for aiding and abetting so she just said that he had forced her into the whole fraud and the boob job who knows And uh, <laughs> but he was obviously off in Bangkok so they couldn't really do anything about it but then our old friends, the Daily Mail, got very dedicated. Uh-huh. I think the Daily Mail can get very exercised about benefits fraud. They really can, so. And I can really understand that. <laughs> <laughs> it's as irritating as people not obeying COVID guidelines for benefits fraud. They've just switched their irritation sake. into there now. So anyway, they actually tracked him down, the Daily Mail. And they no, found him right. like... Living, living rough, uh, really down on his luck. He admitted his fraud, explaining that, okay, quote, parts of my life on the run were very James Bond, but parts were also very squalid and I wouldn't recommend what I have done. <laughs> Zero out of ten, <laughs> would not recommend to a friend. <laughs> so that's it. And where that's is he? It. Back in jail. The pair of them are in jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. Not worth Locked it. Locked up. Yeah. Not worth it. Yeah. I know. Terrible. And I, yeah. Do, do you want to hear my last one? Do we have time? Oh, yeah. Our last one is Lady, who I bet you guys know. Do you know Belle Guinness? No, Belle Guinness. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm thinking oh, of no, we're thinking Belle Gibson. Which yeah. I'm just waiting for the day. Or you're thinking of Belle Guinness. Uh, <laughs> no, not Belle Guinness. <laughs> you're one Daphne Guinness. Is that who oh. you're thinking of, Jen? No, but Daphne now Guinness I has has not faked her own death yet, but she seems like definitely a candidate for it. She seems okay. close to it. So Belle Gunness 
was um uh she was a, a Norwegian American serial killer. Um so she, her real name I will attempt because it is fun <laughs> was Brynhilda Polsdatter Storset. <laughs> Nailed that. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, and and even with the dismount, perfect dismount. Um, Okay, so she was born in 1859. So we're going back again uh, to that kind of primitive America. Um, So she, she married a guy. Do you remember her? Yeah, Yeah. she married a guy called Mad Sorensen in 1884. And they owned a lovely sweet shop, just very wholesome. And uh, that burned to the ground. Oh. Um, and then uh, no, uh, no, uh, no insurance. coincidence here, but the home that they lived in also burned to the ground. Right. Both instances paid out considerable insurance payments. Maybe Wonderful. they're just very loose with candles or something. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> part of the fire from the first inferno just ignited a small section of their shirts and they went home and then spread, much like yeah. COVID spreads in the home. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, Sorensen had um, had purchased two life insurance policies. Um, and on a particular day in July, right, one was about to expire and one was just beginning. So there was a day where they overlapped. Both cash in. And wouldn't you know it, on that exact day, Sorensen died. Right, oh just God, unbelievably. Unbelievable. So, yeah, Belle was like, oh, oh, my God. Like, he came home with a headache. I gave him a bit of quinine powder for the pain. Later, I checked on him. Dead, dead. <laughs> so she got the two life insurance policies paid out to a value of five grand. Very nice, very nice. Um, next, she married a guy called... Peter Gunness, she took his name. He died eight months later, um, as you do. Uh, he was, Belle explained, reaching for something on a high shelf and a meat grinder fell on him. <laughs> Smashing that's his like, skull. That's, that, that's just a don't get too specific with your lies rule. Yes. I know. I was about to say, like, she doesn't even bother you coming up with what he was it. reaching for. You could just say you've just walked in and he was dead. You don't need to have been there to see it. <laughs> anyway, the next thing um, was uh, she started putting ads in the paper. Um, so, oh, yeah, the also now she did have um, two small children and uh her husband's youngest daughter, who, you know, was her stepdaughter and a foster child. And um, all uh, mysterious circumstances there now. All dead, um, were they? Around so? their deaths. Right. Yes. So it's tragic, tragic for Belle. But she's always, even in her time of grief, able to collect on those life insurance policies. Just um, organized is what she is. Well, no, she got really organized then and placed an ad, quote, Comely widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letters considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. <laughs> no fucking benefits fraudsters. Thanks very much. 
Um, so anyway, she actually got some interest from a man called Andrew Helgelian. Helgelian? Yeah. Big mistake, Andy. Andy answered her ad, disappeared shortly after. Yeah. I mean, how was she doing? How did she do him in? Do we know? Well, yes, we kind of do, actually. Not great. Um, So his brother, Asla. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting worse as we go along. (laughs) Asl? Asl? Asl. Sure. Asl. Yeah. Asl. He got worried because your man had been like, I'm going to... I'm going to go meet this one that I met on Plenty of Fish and she's looking for somebody rich and I don't think that's a bad sign at all. She says she's rich. No one's ever no one's ever lied in a prisoner's ad. It's all G. So when Andrew didn't reappear and didn't get back, um, Asel got in touch with local police and um, uh, basically was like, you need to investigate this woman. Cut to... Bell's Indiana farmhouse erupted in flames. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Under a burnt piano were the bodies of three children, not funny, and a headless oh, God. that oh, everyone believed hell. to be Bell. And so police believed that the fire was started by this hired hand who had been harassing Bell. But the only reason they thought he was harassing her was because she went to the police and told them that um, he was harassing harassing her her (laughs) and she was afraid that he'd kill her so she wanted to take an insurance policy out on herself (laughs) (laughs) no no you can't do that but pretty much she kind of set the whole thing up so perfectly um so anyway uh yeah but her head was missing and then they went and investigated the whole farm and they started finding fucking buried sacks of limbs and heads <gasps> and torsos Bill, just all over them all the, in a bag. All just fucking them in the bag and fucking them in the ground. And your man, the hand, the farm hand, his his helping hand was basically his job was digging the fucking holes. Um. So yeah, uh, the police said after finding the parts of five bodies on the first day. And an additional six on the second. Oh my God. They just, they? They just they? quote, stopped counting. <gasps> <gasps> were, these chi- were these her children? I mean, were they everyone we no, know? No, they were like, uh, they were new they people. Were, they were loads of people. There was loads oh, of people man. they never, they didn't identify most of them. They Jesus. identified your man, Andrew Helgelian. Um, and yeah. So. It, it had been reported in the newspaper that Belle was a praiseworthy woman who had tragically died alongside her children. That had already gone to press. So then there was a fair bit of backtracking. <laughs> they realized what was going retract, on. Retract. Retract. So there, after that was a little bit of like uh, back and forth about what had actually happened because the farmhand, a guy, Lamphere was his name, like he did under duress, he was kind of pressured into confessing that he had killed her and her children and then sprinkled the bodies and set fire to the house. Hmm. But like, it's kind of weird because really killing and fires is more Bell's MO. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And his task on the farm had always been that of just burying the bodies. Now, 
course, you're, you're capable of burying sacks of torsos. I mean, of course, you probably can take just, it to the next level. It just didn't seem very bell either to take that kind of crap off him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. You know? So anyway, <clears throat> it was never really like they never really came down on one side or the other of, of whether what his part in it was. But there was so much speculation that Belle had completely faked her own death. And I feel like with all of those bodies just kicking around the estate, you're so good. Like she probably like that body was supposed to just be a different victim that she'd hauled in and been like, I'll yoink that head and then off I trot and I'll cash in a few insurance policies on my way. Bank accounts had been emptied just before the fire broke out, which definitely lends credence to that. Plus, she was always being spotted. Afterwards. <laughs> well, I there was it. lots of sightings. No attempt at it. No attempt. Well, it's very her, I'd say, to not fucking be arsed. You know the way? Wouldn't say you um, have many close mates either. <laughs> you would you approach her. No. I'd say like, She'd, you'd have like this real honeymoon phase with Belle where like you're both getting on so well and you just think you've so much in common. And then like a third or fourth kind of hanging out, she, she'd kind of gently suggest getting a life insurance policy on you and you'd be like, oh, uh, I guess. I see. It's not going where it's I thought not it was going. going. Where it's going. <laughs> so anyway, she was always being cited around Chicago. And now, obviously, people just love this kind of shit, too. But, I, you know, I do, too. So I'm willing to believe. I think she got away. I definitely think she did. Um, so we don't know who did, that woman is. They did. No, they did in 2008, amazingly. Wow. Um, actually try and do DNA tests on that headless corpse. Like that headless corpse is 200 years old. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? And the results yeah, but sure they were probably found like fucking 63 cousins from Ancestry.me or whatever, 23 yeah. me. Fair, exactly. <laughs> Imagine, that's mad. Yeah, they might have. But I know, they, they, the results were inconclusive. So devastatingly, we don't have firm, but I believe it. Oh, I believe it with my whole heart. Can, do, I, do, don't know why, I don't know why I'm so, so on Belle's team here. Like, she would have murdered me faster than like you can say yeah like insurance policy <laughs> oh no she was a horrendous evil she person. was a horrendous person but i just feel like i feel a certain strange simpatico oh, she's just, just think so she's organized ballsy. and very ballsy. ballsy she got shit done Belgium. she got shit done in the end they thought that she may have murdered anywhere between 40 and 180 oh, people jesus christ Jesus. Yeah, like she might have gone back to Norway. That's where she was from. She just might have gone back to being Brynhild Polstater Storset. And, and nobody could pronounce her name, so she got away. <laughs> just popped up. Got away. Oh, she went. It's so sad. There's a little picture of her here with her kids. I know. I was Googling her there. I mean, I apologize. That corpse isn't 200 years old. Sorry. The corpse must be about. Like, ninety. It was probably yeah. like a hundred years old or ninety years old when they tested it. I did think two hundred sounded amazing. Even as I said it, I was like, "What <laughs> fact, Sophie? You've outdone yourself with Straight that wild there. fact, maths fact. <laughs> it's the truth. Three <laughs> solid stories. Thank you, those. That was what. Yeah, you're welcome. And a good meaty episode for our non-paying lovebirds. And we love you. 
We love yeah. you. We do but love we them. Do. They buy <laughs> we do. We really do love them. We do. And, you know, you get us to 100 episodes next week. It's going to be fun. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be good. Anyway, sure. We'll see our patrons on Thursday. Thanks for listening. If you want to become a patron, consider it. It's um, consider yourself at home. You know that song? <laughs> consider yourself. Consider yourself. One, one of the families. We've Thank taken you. you for sure. This part. Yeah, hard so, to sing um, over Zoom. <laughs> it's hard to sing when you're completely void of talent, but boom, Sophie and boom. I manage it. <laughs> <laughs> Never dissuaded. Never, Jen. It's not, not stopped me once yet. Will we try um, and do a creep harmony over Zoom? Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I think so the 100 episode has to be a musical episode, if I'm honest. Oh, that could be yes! good, actually. Cass. I fully agree with that. Brilliant. Okay, okay. save it for the save it for next next week. Okay. Okay, bye, creeps. Well, I've been harmonizing. No, oh, she's harmonizing trying to... over Zoom. I'm just trying to get out of here. Yeah, okay, ready? Right. Steady. The creep dies. Absolutely <laughs> abysmal. Next yes. week's episode is going want. to be the best, worst episode ever made. Can't, Marietta, wait. can't wait for Thursday Zoom. Patrons, we will see you there. Non-patrons, Join for one month. Come and just on, see what you think. Just, like, and you can so, watch back on all the previous Zooms. Yeah, what you could do is literally just throw us four quid, the equivalent of a fancy coffee that we will share. Uh, COVID it's not even a fancy coffee. It's damned. like a regular coffee these days. Actually, it's true. It's true. Mm. Um, and then you could just come in, check out the Zoom, see your like-minded creeps. There's like usually about two, three hundred. Casual. You're going to love it. Okay, well, there was 300 one time. But like, that was good. Cool. Yeah. There was 300 um, last week. I'll be disappointed yeah. if there's not now. I know. <laughs> imagine, imagine if it just plummeted. Like, everyone was like, oh my God, whatever that was, let's never It'll be again. an intervention. Everyone being like, Cassie, you would stop drinking on the Zooms. That was very good, <laughs> Oh my God, no, I'm worried about Cass because like, people are putting serious. Are you feeling peer pressured, Cass? Because I know you used to only like drinking one giant beer and then they started goading you. It's gotten worse, guys. Those creeps. Maybe I need help. Anyway, that's <laughs> anyway. chat for off, Mike. <laughs> Catch you next week, creeps. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.